to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We're doing a review and she asked me a few questions and I told her rather than answering them to her I'll come back and continue on the spirit because it seems there are still more questions. For those who are just joining, we established last week that you are spirit you have a soul and you live in a body. Your spirit connects primarily to the spirit realm primarily. Your soul, primarily, to the mental and emotive realm, and then your body to the physical realm. But all in all, to function on earth, you need everything. And so we established quite a few things. And we established that, look, you're like God. God is spirit. And I would advise you to listen to the podcast. I want to talk a bit more about man's spirit, and I want to start with Jeremiah chapter number one and maybe we'll start from verse three to f- and we'll focus on verse five and once you reach verse five we'll amplify it as well it came also in the days of Jehoi 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 Kim <laughs> the son of Josiah king of Judah until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So there was a period when Jerusalem was carried away captive to where? Babylon, right? Do you remember that inaccurate uh, Sunday school song? You remember it, right? Which one? 50, it wasn't 50 years. Go and reteach them. It's 70 minimum. Then they didn't sound right. Eh? 70 years. <laughs> I think 50. Okay, 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 okay. You are digging dishes and dams. Uh-huh. Let's continue. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. Now it's interesting how God calls you because there are others who would see this vision, there are others who would be taken to the hosts of heaven. But have you noticed how very often the expression used is the word of the Lord came to me. So the word of the Lord came to me saying, and I want you to follow. And remember in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then he says, before 
I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Eh? Are you reading that? Uh, let's amplify it. And then I, I really want you to think. Like, are you reading this? Are, are you seeing what I'm saying here? Okay. Maybe if I read it wrongly, you'll tell me. <laughs> anyway, so it says, before your mother and father formed you, before they, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you. Who did he know? <laughs> As my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you. As in, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Who was he appointing? When was he appointing them? When was the ordination service? Because he even says, I ordained you. When, when, when did that happen? Because the picture that's given is, here is God, and he meets Jeremiah. Who wants to be my Jeremiah? So people lifted their hands. <laughs> Only one stepped forward. And who wants to be the angels? The angel Michael and the angel Gabriel. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. They'll be the angels. So now, <laughs> I want you to imagine this is, I don't even know what to say because I can't say baby Jeremiah. But this is Jeremiah, the actual Jeremiah. The real Jeremiah. And here is God, and he says, Hey, Angel Michael, bring my anointing oil. And he says, Angel Gabriel, stand behind him. Jeremiah, take it. You're a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah's spirit is programmed to be a prophet. So, you guys take your seats. And then one day, God comes and says, oh, yeah, I'm here now. Uh, look, let's not even get into the fleshy part. But just know that even before you were conceived, I already knew you. We had an interaction. And in our interaction, there's a program I set. And I programmed you in such a way that for you, you're a prophet. I don't know if you're hearing me. This is a mystery. Don't you think so? So, when everyone is busy, baby JJ. <laughs> JJ. As in, there's an angel. There's an angel who's even looking like, sh sh should I tell them? Like, <laughs> the, uh, the angel is like, the guy who I'm going to be serving all my life, you're calling them baby JJ. <laughs> and that's why you find that. Um, when a person has an encounter with God, they become a mystery. Because a person who you just used to see as baby JJ, but what you don't know is that God had already ordained something for them. And when they come into contact with what God had ordained for them, they become a mystery. Maybe that's why Jesus said a prophet, and he was complaining, meaning it's not supposed to be the case, is not without honor except in his hometown. Meaning, it's like people get so used to interacting with someone in the flesh that they forget that this is a spirit. 
God has a program for this spirit. And when he feels like, he can just choose to reveal what you think should take 20 years. He can reveal it in one day. <laughs> I'll give you a personal example. Um, I'll give you an example. I once read an article by a well-renowned pastor, actually. And they were rebuking young ministers, as is the custom. Yeah, so they were rebuking young ministers. And I usually try to see if there's, I, I try to get some wisdom, but mm, mm. I remember that one. I'll never forget, I went and asked a man of God, like I said, I, wrote, I read this article and it said ABCD. And the first question he asked me is, what were you even doing giving them attention in the first place? You can't be corrupting yourself with such stuff. The article was saying that these young ministers have got a problem. Their problem is titles. Do I think they are young ministers with a problem with titles? Yes, even older ones, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do think there are some. There are, I've met people who, if they are senior bishop, and maybe you didn't know their title well, so you called them reverend. Ha! You are a rebel. <laughs> and uh, by the way, in case you don't know, I don't know if you've noticed, you know, I don't, there are some people who call me pastor, some call me apostle, some call me father, some call me this. It doesn't really bother me. Now, let me go on. The person wrote, there is no way you can be under 40 years old and you're an apostle. That's what they wrote. I was in shock. You know why? Because even before Jeremiah was under zero years old. <laughs> before Jeremiah was under the age of zero. When we come to the wisdom of now, okay, how do you deal with it now when you know there's a calling, when you know there's this? That's another wisdom for itself. But firstly, let the callings be there so that the wisdom can be given. You know what I mean? Now, even before Jeremiah was zero, he was already a prophet. That's one. Number two, if we're going to look at the time of life, there's a chance John was like 17. And he was one of Jesus' apostles. Historically, it seems as if only Peter was above 30. Because he's the only one who had to pay temple tax. And that was only for those 30 and above. Then it means even Jesus didn't qualify to be an apostle because he didn't hit 40. <laughs> And I discovered that there are so many people who love to interact from the basis of the flesh and yet they don't know that there's a spirit in man and that spirit was programmed by God. And God doesn't need your permission to decide what to do with another person. Let me give you an example. Um, anybody here who's 13 you're 13 years old raise your hand 14 who's 14 raise your hand if you're 14 you have to point at them <laughs> okay fine 15 until I find someone bored enough to come why are they so shy you, you guys are ashamed of your ages these days 
16. Anyone who's 16? Okay, so which 16? Let me get her. Uh -huh. Come. Come through. Sarah, right? Wonderful. Now, I'll use her as an example, and I want you to pay attention. So Sarah is 16. If I'm not mistaken, Sarah attends every service. I always see her. There's nothing she does. Like every dominion night, every service, she's always there. That's how I knew her name. I was like, I always see you. Yeah, she's always there. I like that. Now, give me 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Now, so at the spotlight, it's just not on Sarah. Let me look for one or two more. I really just want to make an illustration. From sports, who wants to be my illustration? Okay, Kuda, Kuda Kwashe lifted her hand. And I think Divine also lifted his hand in the spirit, right? Divine can come with us. I hear Divine is very popular. I'm told one of these, one of these Sundays, when we sing his favorite song, uh, I'm told he's going to just leave the drum, walk up, get the mic, and say, you know what? Simuza! Ruoko! Wako uchidi. Come on, Divine, finish it for me. Okay, now, here is Divine, here is Kuda, here is... Let me have one more gentleman. The Bible says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor he, no ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now it means, I'm just using them for illustrative purposes. One may look at George. Can find I'm going wrong again. I got it right. One may look at George, they may look at Sarah, they may look at Kuda, they may look at Divine. And people may make an analysis based on different things. So, someone can say, I think George is smart because, you know, he's got glasses and, and so. Obviously, his life will be like A, B, C, D. Someone may have something positive to say about all of them. Someone can also have something negative to, to say about all of them. Someone can, uh, I think you're not done with high school yet, right? Yeah. So someone can say, she's just in high school, what does she know? Or someone can say, ah, this one is just in second year. What do they know? Well, this one is just this. What do they know? Little do they know that before the person even turned zero, there are certain things that God prepared for George. Certain things he prepared for Sarah. Certain things he prepared for Kuda. Certain things he prepared for Divine. Certain things he prepared for... Certain programming. Certain instructions that cannot be physically seen. I'll tell you this. There is a part of your destiny that just can't be calculated by any formula. Um, 
as time goes by, maybe as you begin to climb up the mountains of influence, there are certain aspects of you that maybe begin to look obvious. Even in the flesh, someone can prophesy. That's still nothing compared to what God has prepared for you. It's, there is a part of your destiny that, that can't be, you can't tell by a person's appearance. You can't tell by their age. You can't tell by their education. You can't tell by, you can't tell by any of these physical things. It's something that God prepared. And the key is this, it doesn't have to remain a mystery. The very next verse says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just able to search all of you. He's also able to search all of God. Notice it says, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit is able to search all of you and also all of God. And if you interact with him, if you interact with him, you will not just know the things of God, but the deep things of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you can keep standing there just for a few more seconds. Look at this. Do you know that even with the Lord Jesus, they almost made the mistake? Have you noticed that whenever Jesus would ask, who do men say I am? Unless by revelation, they were always limited. Have you observed that? He said, who do, men, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Some say you're John the Baptist. They were always limited to something physical. And then Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father who is in heaven. I pray. I pray. Oh God, these are your wonderful people. This is my prayer as a pastor. May I get a revelation about them? Lord, let there be no one who... I, I'm praying for myself as a pastor. Let there be no one whom I judge by the flesh. But let me have a revelation about them. A revelation about their destiny. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray. May they have a revelation of themselves. <laughs> Praise God. Now, let's look at one more. Since you're still here. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. Paul says something interesting. Have you ever heard the lovely scripture, therefore if any man be in Christ is a new creation? But have you read the verse just before? The one that precedes it. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And verse 16. It says, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Your interaction with, please take your seats, clap for them. Your interaction with anyone, perhaps for you who's a believer, As, as difficult as it may be, try to grow to a level where your interaction is beyond fleshly things. That's why sometimes you'll find the people who can be the most discouraging can even be friends. Sometimes the people who can be the most discouraging 
can be family. Can I tell you why? It's not because they don't love you. Do you remember uh, Joseph's brothers were jealous of him? You remember that, right? Them, yes, they had a problem. But if you've actually read about the dreams, do you remember that even Jacob seemed a bit offended? Do you remember when Joseph went to Jacob and said, this is what I dreamt, and he said, ah, so are you trying to say that me, your mother, and all your brothers, he even interp- he correctly interpreted the, the dream. But couldn't transition to that place of revelation. What am I trying to say? Even in your friendships, it's very important to guard. Here's what you should guard. Guard yourself from not perceiving when God is doing something with your friend. Guard yourself from not perceiving when God is doing something special with them. What I mean is sometimes when your friend comes to you and tells you they, had, they have an idea, before you look at the economic side of it, before you look at the sociological side of it, before you look for every reason why they shouldn't go through, sometimes say, can we discuss this in two days? I just want to pray about it. Because you never know. They could be on to something very divine, but then you as a friend are not catching it on the same wavelength. And that's why the ministry of giving advice is a very delicate ministry. So I, I see your statuses sometimes. I don't know why people just like coming to me for advice. Start praying. Become an intercessor. And also believe God for the prophetic grace. Why am I saying so? Because the ministry of giving advice is a very, very delicate one. As time goes by and we keep talking, we we'll even look at the ministry of friendship. The ministry of being a friend is a very, very, it's a very delicate one. For example, you know, one of the marks of friendship is inconvenience. Let me say that again. Are you aware that one of the marks of friendship is inconvenience? A person who cannot inconvenience you is not your friend. You don't consider them a friend. No, that's scriptural. <laughs> I know I'm drifting into life now. No, have you ever read the scripture where Jesus was teaching about prayer and he says when you're in your house and then your friend comes to knock at midnight saying I have visitors, I want bread. And then you say no, me, my wife and my children are all sleeping. And your friend continues knocking because they've also got such trust that if it's you, you do it because it's them. There's, I'm telling you, there is no proper friendship that doesn't have an element of inconvenience. It will inconvenience your finances during birthdays. It will inconvenience. <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me. There are certain people. There are certain people that I expect to make time for me. No, I'm serious. There are certain people I expect to make time for me. If. Listen, <laughs> listen to me. Now, I'll, I'll, uh, there are certain people I expect that, okay, I've drifted a bit to friendship, but I can still talk about it a little bit. There are certain people, if they're my friend, firstly, I expect them to make time. If I need them, I expect them to make time. Even if it's a busy day for them, I still expect them to make time. <laughs> of course, I'll be understanding if they can manage, but I expect them to make time. Secondly, with them, I expect to hear the full story. I expect their vulnerability. So, like, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, one of my friends had a meeting, very powerful meeting yesterday, 
And before, I think two days or three days before the meeting, I think he had posted on Facebook that I think the word you used were teething problems. So they have to change the venue. I immediately texted, what's the teething problems? Because if it's a friendship, then I expect <laughs> with me, we can be a bit open. We'll not use the symbols and the chords and all those things. So friendship has an aspect of inconvenience. I hope you're hearing me. That's why if you've got 50 people who are at that level, you might struggle. <laughs> I don't know how you will share yourself. Anyways, let me continue what I was teaching. How am I still on point number one? It's that hunger you have within you. So I, I shared a photo with uh, like one of the most entertaining WhatsApp groups is the sports one. They're always, they make fun of each other a lot. So now, I, I shared a photo of, I think it should be Sam. Uh, Sam and Chieso. I didn't know them by then, but somehow they, they had the honor of taking a photo. It was a book launch. So book launch, you take photos with everyone. And I think, <laughs> I think Sam was in a, in a yellow t-shirt. Green? Lime green shirt. Okay, guys, it was lime green. And I think it was written... I'm freaking awesome or something like that. So I kept looking at the photo. You know, I was laughing. I was, think- <laughs> I was just looking like I was not interested. But anyways, I was thinking to myself, so God was seeing I used to be one of the young, youngest ministers in the church. And I was thinking to myself, God, may I see what you see? I was looking at another photo uh, I just haven't shared it. And in that photo, we were at Siwela Hall and we were having an overnight. And I like to pay attention to these photos. Ha! Siwela Hall. Those desks. Don't know why we never used to move them outside. I've shared it in the church group. So what's well I'm looking and and I'm just thinking to myself, who knew? What I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is that every person is programmed by and if you can find the program God has for you, you'll be more you'll be more effective. So what caught my attention in that photo? I think I saw Johanna not in uniform and somewhere in the middle in a hoodie shouting. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who knew? Some of you in this place right now, you're deacons. Do you know you were a deacon before you were a deacon? There are some who you've not been appointed yet, but you know in the spiritual realm, what God knows you as is this person has got this grace to serve like this and when the capacity of the ministry reaches like this, want to use for this, this, this. And you find because of the grace on your life, there are certain people who only come to church one day. And the only reason they will come, the only reason God will lead them in the direction of this church is because he knew that there is somebody who they will sit next to one day and then that person will be able to befriend them like this and that person will guide them like this and because of that they won't make that bad decision because God knows what he's put in you. Don't let life 
talk you out of what God has put in you. I hope you're hearing me. Don't let, don't let life talk you out of what God has put in you. And when it's all said and done and we face God, perhaps one of the things that will bother people the most and maybe one of the things that will make people cry the most will be the potential they didn't fulfill. And then what's going to happen is this. The reasons you had for not fulfilling them will not look big in that period. They will look very small. Because do you know when you see from the eyes of the spirit, certain things which are big become small. And then when you see from the flesh, certain things which in your spirit are small become big. Don't worry, as we continue talking, we'll look at how we can deal with all those things. Have you ever been praying about a situation? And in prayer, as in you come out of prayer, absolutely. And then you come back and see an email <laughs> and feel small. And yet in prayer, you felt it was dealt with. You, you, have, you ever, have you ever experienced that? One, 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 one of the things that I was very honest and open with God with, because God knows my heart, I said to God that, Lord, every time I'm on a plane, you need to teach me something. Reason being, I first heard the Holy Spirit on a bus. So clearly, I've got a thing with transport. And it's not like, it's not like I didn't share with people that I heard the Holy Spirit on a bus. I'll never forget the first time I got a revelation on a plane and I shared it on my Facebook. I received comments. Hey, Shanoko, who do you think you are? Just because you're on a plane, even telling us you had revelations. Then I replied, but if I said I was on a bicycle, you would have had no offense. It shows you something. Smallness is very accommodating. People want people to remain small. So, I remember this one very well. I was uh, flying from Mafiken to Sun City. In Sun City, I, I was in the air and, and I always would pick the window seat. Okay, for some reason, you think you'll start chatting with birds. <laughs> and then I heard God speak to me right there. And he says, look down. What do you see? I said, it looks so small. And he said, when you elevate in the spiritual realm, things which were big begin to look small. But interestingly, if you've noticed, when you come down to the flesh, things which were small begin to look big. Now the question is then, how do you keep yourself in a place where you're constantly functioning in the spiritual realm while still dealing with the matters of life? That's where these teachings come in. Can you imagine the realm Jesus used to live in where he knew in advance certain things that would happen and he's been told this side Lazarus is sick. He waits because something had to happen. And then afterwards he tells his disciples, let's go, Lazarus is asleep. In the realm of Jesus, it was sleep. The disciples keep asking, what's going on? Then he had to literally shift to their room and say, okay, Lazarus is dead. He had to shift to their room. Meaning in his room where Lazarus was asleep, 
could just wake him up and say, Lazarus, Lazarus, wake up. But, like I said, we'll deal with these matters specifically because on one hand, God might say by this time next year, but how do you deal with those 12 months of waking up every day and waiting? Sometimes if you are to ask me, I feel like that's the biggest difference between, like if you are to ask me who's done both pastoring and, for lack of better term, pastoring and conferencing, and they each have their roles that they play. You know what I feel the biggest difference between pastoring and conferencing is? Can I tell you? Sometimes, if all you do is have meetings everywhere, you sort of step into a bubble where all you're used to is the instant stuff, but not really the processes. So you step into a bubble. And sometimes when you step into a bubble, even your statements become, they have certain patterns of braggadocio. Notice the most, no, have you observed that sometimes the most braggadocious ministers are those who are not pastoring? Have you observed that? They're usually the most arrogant. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes you get used to, this week you're in Bala, and you see this vision of this woman, and you tell her, look, you've been barren for a long time, but you're going to have a child. Now, this woman has already been in the church for seven years. And then you go do a few other things. The next year when you come back, now this is the second time you're meeting the woman, and she's holding a child. So what you've gotten used to is, one minute I saw her, she needed a child, the next minute she's holding the child in her hands. Now the pastor, <laughs> first they had to keep encouraging her all those six years and then even in that one year you find the pastor dealt with every pastor there's a pain pastor we've gone to the hospital pastor there's this, pastor there's this the pastor dealt with all those things and that's why you notice sometimes to most people the pastor may seem to be less anointed than maybe some of us who go there as a guest and yet for me the anointing to hold on with a person in difficult moments that's and that's why I have respect for every pastor because for a pastor they have to deal with both the instant and the process for a pastor they have to deal with both celebrating have you ever been celebrating and you're sorrowful at the same time have you ever had three of your members write the same exam two past one is waiting on the Lord <laughs> And you have to encourage the two who passed, but also encourage the one who's waiting on the Lord. And then at the same time, you also have to maintain your own faith. Amazing, eh? <laughs> but God programs us. Let me end with this. I haven't, I'm literally on point number one. Which one of you is the reason why I've done this? Usually when I go spontaneous and there's somebody who's pulling from the prophetic streams because the word of God searches the hearts of men. So there's a high chance most of what has been, I've been teaching has been a question and answer session. 
to questions that didn't come on the physical Google form. Your spirit comes programmed. Then when exposed to the environment of God, one can fully express their assignment. That's why, have you noticed that even before a person is born again, there are still certain signs that come through. Even before someone is born again, their programming still manifests in a way. Have you ever heard an accurate dream from a person who is absolutely not born again? Not even, not even the bee in the born again. <laughs> I think they can tell you, ah, I just need someone to talk to. The experiences I keep having. In May, I dreamt this would happen in my family. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. It just keeps... And, and you're like, that's why you find sometimes the gifts that begin to manifest when you're a believer, you'll notice that even before you are saved, there are signs of them. Especially prophetic ones. Who's observed? There were usually signs. There were usually signs. Whether it's dreams, whether it's feelings. No, I just get a feeling. And sometimes some of these things are even transferred down in like tradition. No, you know, when I feel my hands like this, then I know this will happen. When I feel this will happen, then this will happen. When this, and, and, you, and you know what's funny is that you'll find that when you, when you begin to actually grow in the spirit, can I tell you what you'll find? You'll find those are at the lowest level. Deja vu. Lowest levels. No, I've seen this before. Lowest levels. Do you know, do you know the highest levels? It's okay. We are bound to enter this. Then this will happen. You will meet a man who will tell you where your donkey is. And then this will happen and this will happen. We can come to a place where it's beyond just deja vu. Where the program is set. You know, you know how it's supposed to go. And when there's an issue with the program, you can send a note to the MC and say, no, you called up the wrong person. It's supposed to be the other one. You can edit the program. Now, guys, we'll get into these things. Okay, I'll begin from this next week. The point I wanted to express, this one will need time. You know the scripture I was going to express? Why did Jesus say the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? What did he really mean? That's the one I'll, go, that's the one I'll start with. How come the same wasn't said of them after they were born again? What happens? What, what does a new creation do to a weak flesh? <laughs> okay. By the way, I, I hope you understand now why in our programs we've been including a lot of talk shows discussing the sermon. Some of the things I'm saying, they need help digesting. Can we pray together? Say after me, say, I acknowledge that I'm spirit, that I was made by God. I acknowledge that I came with a program 
for what I'm supposed to fulfill on earth. I was the Spirit of the Living God. Reveal God to me. The Spirit of the Living God. Reveal me to me. We'll be closing shortly. Is there anyone here who's saying, Pastor, I'm not born again and I would like to be saved? I would like to give my life to the Lord Jesus. You may have even been brought up religious, but you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and just surrendered to him completely. There is someone here who's saying, please don't close the service without helping me out with that. Just raise your hand and raise it high. Somebody who wants to be born again today, just raise your hand. Is there anyone? You'll say it after me. If there's somebody who's watching and you're not saved, you say it, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your people. In the name of Jesus, I bless them. Everything about their lives is blessed. All is well with them. In Jesus' name, they have a fruitful week. None of you is a victim of unfortunate circumstances. None of you is a victim of accidents. And we also stand together as a church and we declare in the name of Jesus safety on our roads. Safety in the air. We declare an end to people dying. In Jesus' name. You're blessed. Your family is blessed. And all is well with you. Amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord.